Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rents, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So a 505-foot homer, and it leaves with 27 degrees. The launch angle was 27 degrees. Did you see that? I did. That, that was hit hard. That was connected. I love how everybody is just like, that just sounded different. And Mazzara's like, that it felt did. good. <laughs> it did. So we're talking, of course, about no more Mazzara's massive. I don't even, who did he hit that off of? Massive homer. I can't, I can't remember. If you just connect with, it's like golf. It's like if you connect with the ball, just it doesn't. You know, with the right, it could look like an ordinary swing, but it'll just fly. That was great. And the best, one of the best parts I thought was that it hit the it hit the chair in a perfect way that it went even further. <laughs> <laughs> like it hits the stands and then ricochets up even further. Like it finally ended in like the second to last row of the entire stadium. <laughs> but twenty seven degrees. Now this is one of the things that. I feel like a lot of people are saying 45 degrees is a perfect angle, but yeah, okay. physics-wise, 30, 30 degrees and 60 degrees, if you put the same amount of energy into it, that will be the same distance. So if someone's hitting a 30-degree 30, 30 bombs, that's probably, that's probably right. I think 30s, I think actually 30 is probably better because 45 is like you, it's only 45 under lab conditions. Right where there's no drag, there's no like, uh-huh. like you. The problem with hitting it, it's it's definitely lower than 45 degrees is the optimum, is the optimum angle to hit it at because the more travel time you have through the air, the more drag there's going to be. Yeah. So yeah. so you know that like a 30 is going to go will go further because That's why it has so much. Tuve is just <laughs> smacking BBs around still. All right. Another question for you, Frankie Montas, over under one more start, 2019. Over. Really? You're going to give him another one? So, okay, would you take an over under of three? No. I'll take one and a half. So, well, I was I was checking to see I was checking to see if you thought that he was somehow going to get. No, I wouldn't. I would take over over one. I would definitely take if over you. One. If you somehow thought he was going to get this suspension overturned, he's been hit with an 80 game suspension. There's just there's just more than 80 games right now <laughs> left i think so, he'll start in that last week i i don't think that yeah. he'll do more than okay. that but right. i mean i kind of feel for the guy and he t- did it like so he alleges that he took a supplement over the counter that was i can't it was either tainted or that it wasn't properly labeled or or whatever and that He's made a really good case, but there the MLB is like, mm, no, <laughs> yeah, and that he finally I, I that he he gave in and he's serving the suspension, but I I don't think it's getting not getting overturned. Checked out the tickets for the Red Sox Yankees series. They are currently cheapest to get in the door, fifty five pounds. That is could be worse. Expensive, but like compared to a regular Red Sox Yankees game, that is reasonable. 
That's right. That's right. So the configuration for the field is interesting because if you think about, you know, the soccer pitch is naturally longer in one dimension than the other. Have you, did you see the configuration? It's uh, so <laughs> the diamond is the diamond is sideways, like like home plate to the outfield is the short length of the soccer pitch. It doesn't it all doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like that's not how I thought you would lay that out. I mean, I guess okay, but yeah, are you excited? You going down to London? Fifty-five pounds to get in the door? No way. You're not gonna pay like that. Would be like what? Pretty quickly, that'd be like five hundred pounds. Oh yeah, easily. That's not gonna happen. I'll stay home. Are they? I think they're they're broadcasting it. I can't remember which BBC channel, but they're. But I'll just try them. <laughs> I'll get my them. BBC comment. I'll get my BBC commentary. It'll be worth it. All right, this week on the pod, we are revisiting capitching. We're going to talk a little bit about the methodology, just simply dusting it off in the first half. And then the second half, we'll look at some capitching examples and some notable capitching (laughs) non-examples. Let's take it away. All right. uh, I think we covered capitching the first time in season zero. And I was recently thinking about this and thinking that we needed to kind of dust off some of the things that we haven't visited in a while. So I said, let's let's get back to capitching. So I put together a Jupiter notebook for you, Michael, on, I'm on proud of you. GitHub's. Yeah, I know you like it. It doesn't work on your computer. Did you have to make a couple of changes? I only had to make a couple of changes. It's not too bad because I'm default Python 3, so I had to... Uh... I had to do had to do a little bit of backwards compatibility, but we're oh, you'll have to tell me about that. And we'll we'll get that in as I need to. Uh, clock is ticking. <laughs> clock is ticking. <laughs> All right, so I've I put this up on GitHub, and I'm not, and I I'll make it public and maybe post uh, post it so that people can find it. But when I re- kind of basically read off some of this, or or, or keep going back here, um, who. And why is a capitcher? Now that we've said it a bunch of times, um, <laughs> the idea is to identify pitchers with high K and win potential, but depressed value based on their ERA and WHIP. Said another way, if ERA and WHIP weren't my priorities, could I staff a rotation with high K potential pitchers at a discount? This is, of course, hilarious, given that both of our TGFBI teams are shading the exact opposite direction. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's part of the, it's part of the thing that I, what got me thinking about this. Is there a way to write the ship on my Ks through maybe capitures, sure. streaming capitures in TGFBI? I decided that for visualization purposes, we need to look at this, a plane which is uh, Ks to total batters faced as a function of ERA. I'm in because this is a this has a great trend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So and when we grab the data map and so what I did was I showed uh, in the example we've got 2018 2018 data underneath year to date, so 2019 year to date. Looks pretty good both the point clouds make a lot of sense. Um slam this into a linear regression model i think there's a slight curve to that so it's a i'm using a linear model yeah. but it would be great if there could be so what would be the curve that i'm looking at the slight curve in that data 
I, I think you just want a second order polynomial here. I mean, I because okay. it's because it's shallow, so it's not it's, it's not really exponential. Shallow. It's 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 clearly not an exponential. So I think second order polynomial. Well, you can try to you can try to replace the linear model with uh, something a little bit. I can do that a little bit better I can. for you know two point to make this. that happen. But anyway, so we put yeah. together a linear model for this, and then we're which is basically describing a slight um, inverse relationship between ERA and K to TBF, you know, with a with a um, y-intercept of just over zero point two. Makes I mean, it kind of makes total sense. It's yep. Not when, once you like, I I spent a little bit of time um, on an airplane. Just like trying to think back at whether this made sense. It's like, yeah, no, it totally makes sense, but I'm not going to try to do that here on this podcast. Anyways, so from that, <laughs> that point cloud, and right now, if you look at everything, I just limited it to um, ERAs less than 15. Holy cow, are there a, they're a huge tail here. It's, it's yeah. amazing. You know, guys Picture, coming I mean, up two days and then just... <laughs> blowing their ERAs and then still being in the data set. I hope they got paid for that. I mean, it's like... I know. You, you do hope, hope that they got paid a big check, got a real meal, steak dinner, <laughs> and then got sent right back down to AAA. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. So we've got... Um, so, I then, so I created the model based on everybody, and then I subset out the starting pitchers. Um, that ends up, you know, removing... the not quite as tight, you know, around around that line, I feel like, with the starting pitchers. Yeah. Starting pitchers have far more dispersion, it seems like. like yeah, they, they really do. There's, Yeah, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed, actually, to fit this exact same line just to the starting pitchers. Yeah, which is sort of surprising. But I don't know, I kind of, I decided that I was just going to use that. So from there, what I did was I took, um, I then used the model to predict for every player in the data set that I was down to, which was just starting pitchers, uh, not starting pitchers, but players who had started a game, um, mm -hmm. predicted what the model said they should have based on their ERA for K to TBF. And then I figured out what the difference was, difference between the... Uh, modeled result and the actualized result. And then I found the standard deviation of the prediction error. Mm -hmm. And then I highlighted every player who was one plus standard deviation um, greater, greater than one standard deviation away from the, um, from the modeled outcome. And then I said, okay, those are the players that are potential capitchers. <laughs> right. Because it's step one, first criteria, just who's getting more Ks to total batters faced for their URI than expected. Right. The list between, yeah, yeah. I think this is, it's good to get, it's good that we have a, a flowchart version for this. Because now, because it's nice to see all these guys, and then you can sort of run down a list of what you think their prices might be, and decide whether it makes sense for them to be considered capitchers. 
so what we're gonna what we need to do right now is brainstorm what those criteria are for really creating that value model whether it's yeah. we could just do queries just basically query say who is currently outside who whose ADP was in the top 20 and or who mm-hmm. is in the top 20 right now I would almost do this on I would almost do this on ownership percentages like because you've, you've clearly identified that all these guys are good so to me part of the question is well are they are they available like we're far enough into the season that you can they and i mean looking at the 28 this is all season 2018 list like these are those are people that you should trust that they were doing something in 2018 and the smell test on the list of the 2019 year-to-date pitchers also looks like it sort of makes sense so i would say you know look at the look at the ownership and figure out figure out whether these guys are available because to me it's what you really want to pull out is like can we siphon off the guys that are the aces that like okay yeah obviously they're going to get a ton of k's because this that's what they do <laughs> you know like like i don't i don't care that max scherzer appears on this list like you're not like you're not going to get him like you or you're not going to get him at any sort of price point that is unexpected right exactly yeah you, you can focus on getting max if max scherzer available in your league go for him yeah yeah and you're going same thing's true pitching. with like verlander right or you know. or uh jacob de yeah, yeah right. but you know this is where like the matt boyds shine this is exact that's exactly the right. kind of guy that we want to find yeah i don't think i don't think it has to be stringent i'm just saying like realist like our model now is saying these guys are substantially better than your replacement level pitcher so or then you know the vast majority of replacement pitchers right if you're looking for case so if you're trying to optimize on k's like these are the guys who optimize your case like go out there go out there and get these guys and and i think you know the the ownership fraction if they're on your waiver wire, awesome. If they're not on your waiver wire and they have a lower ownership fraction, that's telling you that their price point is probably a little bit lower. I mean, that would that would be that would be my main takeaway. Like if you if you're looking at, I don't know, Griffin Canning is probably at eighty percent owned right now. Like, that's going to tell you that his that his value uh, he's probably at ninety percent. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset at how high it is. I bet. <laughs> Griffin Canning CBS seventy eight percent. There you go. So he would be in, he'd be in that sweet spot. All right. So this is, I think, this is a good, good first step. Let's um, let's talk about some example players. My favorite home run is a line drive home run. The one that just like, the launch angle is like ten degrees and it just clears the fence. Like that's I I love those. That was why Boston loved. Uh, Petroya with the laser shows. Yes. Called that, you know. I love that. I love that. So you asked me to come up with a list of some capitures and some not capitures, just going by gut feeling. And I have to say in the light of day, looking at this list, I'm I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to defend them on some level. I think my problem was that I came into this thinking about Capitures as somebody who is getting more Ks than you naively think they should be getting. And a not Capitcher is somebody who's getting fewer Ks than in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, like that person's getting a ton of Ks. And then you look at it and you're like, wait a second, there's no Ks there. Well, so this is this is exactly why this didn't work last time because I didn't flush it out to a point that we were at the same kind of understanding. And I think that was where right. we had the disconnect last time as well. So you gave me players that you said uh, were capitchers. You said Jacob Rizzi, Zach Eflin, Jose Barrios, Yanni Chirinos, Tanner Roark, and then I said Lance Lynn, which I don't, I don't think was correct either. Now, I should be I should actually check who who you said someone Hudson as well. Can I actually ask which Hudson oh, do you mean for not Kipchoge? Dakota. Dakota Hudson. Okay. It's like Daniel Hudson. Um, <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. Um I'm gonna make sure that I actually have Is Dakota Hudson in there? He should be. Make sure that I'm spelling Zach Afflin correctly. Because then, after I guessed these guys, I kind of I scanned down their their K per nine, which again not not the most perfect metric, because um, it it doesn't it doesn't exactly tell you how they're doing. And uh, they were they were more or less sort of where I where I expected them to be. Well, what's interesting, Zach Eflin was a capitcher last year, based on well, see. See, that is interesting, because that just tells you that my mental inertia takes a long time to reset. <laughs> I know. I, it's one of yeah. my problems, too. It's like players that I hadn't thought about, and then all of a sudden think about like a year later, I'm like, huh, wonder how he's doing. <laughs> well, I think part of the reason that... So, Odorizzi, right, he's a twin. I was like, he's pitching... Re- He's pitching really well. I was like, okay, he's got to be a good pitcher. Eflin, Barrios, I was thinking about last year, I think. Yanni, I was thinking he's in kind of a weird configuration. Like, maybe he's pitching above his peripherals. And then Tanner Roark, because I looked at my TGFBI team, and Tanner Roark has the most Ks on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. Oh my and I was like, oh, I hope he's I I hope he's a pitcher because if he's not, I'm in trouble. Yeah, he's a uh, Tanner Roark is someone who I think of I totally think of as not a pitcher. Uh, so that's also a difference in a, an opinion there. So yeah, so you get went one for five, and then on the other I mean, side, I've, yeah. So then you also said guys who were decidedly not Kyle Hendricks. I assume Kyle, right? Oh yeah, Zach Greinke, oh, yeah. Cole Hamels, Dakota Hudson, and Wade Miley, and well, he did a lot better there. <laughs> the problem is that the universe of players who are not capitchers is uh, much larger than the universe of players who are capitchers. Oh right, but it would have been funny. Hamels, I was like close, is much closer than you would think. But but Hamels, I mean, part okay. So with this list, I was specifically trying to come at it from like a, from a uh, okay. These are guys that I might naively have thought were capitchers, 
I well, that's the thing They're is not. Kyle Hendricks is like you gotta know Kyle Hendricks is not getting extra K's. You can't have a strategy right. of trying to get K's if you're gonna have Kyle Hendricks. You have to assume that he's gonna be. Which is also I shame on you, Miles Mikolos. Mikolos, whatever it is. Yeah. You can't strike anybody out. Uh, but are you're right. Are you shame on me for picking up, picking him up? Didn't you pick him up oh, in our home league? Yeah, I did. I have, I got him. I got him in both leagues now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is why you don't K anybody. I look. I didn't say that Ks were a strong part of my TGFBI strategy, but you know, now I'm sort of feeling like okay. Can I just say, give myself a little bit of credit here that no. Yanni Chirinos is actually doing okay. Like, look yes. at his look at Gianni his K Chirinos per TBF. Yanni Chirinos is doing is doing pretty well. It's amazing that he's, he's not there. He's not quite in that pitcher realm. That just shows you. How. I think he's got it. It's his it's his usage. His usage is so weird. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of insulted that Wade Miley is doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised too. Wade Miley isn't. Isn't his, but he's got a whole season to regress to the mean. Wait, Miley's above. I mean, for me, it's like for me right now, looking at this, it's like, are they above or below the regression line? It's yeah, like, I know. Man, I why is for first of all, just in general, all of these pitchers are above the regression line except for Hendricks and Eflin. So Tanner is it just that is the regression line? Is it just that I only have those players in my head at all? Like, is it just that the universe of players in my head is basically? So that's the, the thing that is are it, above that line. It, yeah, that's. What, I mean, that's what fantasy pitchers are. Remember that this is yeah. going off of all pitchers instead of just fantasy pitchers. Sure. So these are the guys that are. Yeah, that's who we have in our in the zeitgeist in the fantasy zeitgeist. These these names. So I think what I learned from this is that I need to get back to looking at hard numbers and simple regressions <laughs> we need to look yeah we need to look a little bit more at the uh simple stuff keep it simple stupid but is there <sighs> yeah. any now that i have this list in front of you of players this year is there any give me like three guys that you thought were interesting on the list well i think i mean he's not a good pitcher because he's too good but walker bueller has arrived yeah i would argue that we're seeing the midpoint of the Mengden curve on Yamamoto, Jordan Yamamoto, who qualifies as a capitcher from his few starts. I would I think that Brad Peacock is somebody who's really interesting because his fortune will change depending upon what the Astros decide to <laughs> to do with him. So I want to keep an eye on him. I love that David Price appears on this list right now. <laughs> yeah. And he might actually. That's one of the hard things about like who wears a pitcher line because he's probably a pitcher and not an ace. I think so. I think that you could pick off Price for the right price. <laughs> that was that was good. There you go. There you go. Uh, are you still a believer in the Shane Bieber? I think that there's going to be some regression there. Okay, because a couple of weeks ago, I think you were pretty cold on. You were pretty. You were cooler on him. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that players like that are gonna are, are going to run into a wall. Last two that I want to close on: Matt Boyd yeah. and Brad Peacock. Those are ultimate pit- pitchers. You want to be in on the Brad that Brad Peacock train too? I I, I mean, like both of them in in a pitcher role. I mean, Matt Boyd I think is taking over the Lance Lynn 
uh, mantle here in Kipitching. <laughs> in the 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 Eric Rent's favorite Kipitcher. <laughs> <laughs> Mantle. All right. What an award. We'll send him a note. All right. I think that about brings us to the review session. David Dahl. I'm just going to give you the on-pace numbers because I was listening back to one of our earlier pods, and it just it doesn't matter to read the yeah. the exact numbers. <laughs> yep. So let me give you the on-pace numbers, and I'll move. I'll do this going forward. He's on pace for 143 games, had a little bit of a, had a couple games off earlier this season. Uh, but over the course of that, 99 runs, 81 RBIs, 18 home runs, four stolen bases, and a 318 average. And I want to mention, two of those home runs were last, two of, the, two of his nine current home runs were last week. So this line would have been really different if we did it a week ago. <laughs> it, 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 it would have been, yeah, and... He's looking like the player that we were promised. Agreed. I didn't look at these stats before I watched his game on Sunday, and he homered Same. <laughs> immediately. I watched the Sunday game, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he homered, and I was like, wow, David Dahl is here. Like, he looks so good. Like, first of all, he grew his Charlie Blackman beard. Like, interesting choice. <laughs> Pretty good beard. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, great, great beard. And then I was like, wow, his stats must be amazing. Like, he's got to be doing great. And then I looked him up, like... Wait, nope. what? That was that was his eighth home run of the season. Like, how's that possible? I know he looked so good on that home run, but then the rest of the game he kind of just doesn't. And he had been on like an over streak as well. Yes, yes. What do you what do you think of his right fielding? Uh, this is gonna take a little more practice. I wrote. I just wrote that he looks a bit casual. Is the note that I made to myself watching him, <laughs> watching him run down a fly ball. That whole game like, was weird. Oh, watching man. that game, that Sunday game. Well, this this is not relevant for our discussion, but I really appreciated. I don't know which I don't know which announcers you were listening to, but they commented on on Kike Hernandez's choice of pants because he <laughs> he chose new tighter pants and like ooh. Gonna have to wear the tight pants more. <laughs> like, guys. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. I, If you were listening to guys, I was listening to the other broadcast because I was listening Ooh. to Jenny Kavnar, who is oh, the right. female play by play. She was good. I've I've listened to some of her stuff. Oh, I should have I should have listened to her. Yeah. All right. I but do you agree? Actually, David Dahl aside, we'll get back to him in a second. That was a great game to watch. It was that a pretty Sunday good game, game to watch. Yeah, there's a, it, it was, was a good some, game. Some good excitement. Some a lot of the kids were being played from by Colorado, which you don't really yes. expect. Muncie was at second. Jock Peterson was at first. Like, how do you feel about Trevor Story being down? I don't feel good about it. You know? Yeah, obviously. But but it does mean I I think so. David Dell's 25, right? Is I think he's here to stay. In Colorado, and if he gets real consistent at bats in Colorado, he, uh, I think he actually will, like you just said, he'll actually live up to the hype and the expectations. Yeah, well, right. That's the whole thing about Colorado is that they're a black hole for prospects. So once they finally come up and they prove themselves, and then they have to do like Trevor Story and like knock down the door. Hello, I'm here. I know. You know. <laughs> 
I right. think that he might be here totally to stay, agree. especially with the lack of options and the. Well, I mean, the Colorado outfield is like stacked, but also Blackman and Desmond are going to get hurt a lot, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Who are we watching this week? Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. You're like, I don't even know what team he's on. I have no idea what team he's on. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too.